Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about syncing, estimating, and production with the help of special guest Ryan Bieber of Forward Design Build in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. I am Tim Fowler and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. Keep the ideas coming. The uh, podcast today actually comes because somebody was asking about this topic and uh, we try our best to get those things in. I did want to take a minute here to let you know that aside from being a podcast uh, host and a member of other things, I do consulting with companies. I go to your office, I visit with you there and help try to solve your production problems. So if you're interested in something like that, just give me a shout at my email through remodelersadvantage.com. The reason I mention that right here is because one of the big topics that comes up when I visit companies is how do we increase efficiency? How do we get production and estimating in line with each other so that when we predict the financial outcome of a job, which essentially is done through the estimate, then we actually realize that in production. And so we're all familiar with the dialogues that we hear all across the country. Production says, hey, if you give me more money, I can hit those budgets, right? And then estimators will almost always say something like, man, I don't know what you want me to do. I put in what I thought it would take and then I added 20%. What more do you want me to do, right? <laughs> and then uh, it, it becomes even worse when the company owner is the one who's doing all the estimating and was actually out in the field doing it. And you, we can joke about this a little bit, but we kind of wave our hands in the air and we go like, how long do I think it would take me to do it? Right. And so, and I usually answer business owners with something like this, you know, the older I get, the better I was too. So it, it, it's just not a healthy environment for that kind of thing in terms of estimating and production. So this issue comes up from a listener that asked about these things we call KPIs or key, key performance indicators for field staff. And as I sent an email out to people to say, how can I address this? How can I... Uh, bring this topic to reality, several of the people that got back to me said, Tim, maybe you're asking the wrong question. And maybe the question is better, how do we get estimating and production synced up so that it really isn't a matter of are they being efficient or is the estimate right, but it's a matter of both of those things uh, coming together. So, that's what we want to talk about today. We want to see like, how do we evaluate efficiency of the team in the field as well as estimating? How do we get them talking and working together so there's less finger pointing? And then when there are issues, how do we actually figure out like, where is the responsibility for 
the loss of schedule or the loss of budget and those kinds of things. So I suspect as we go through this thing, we are just barely going to scratch the surface. I really anticipate having other people on in the next coming months and kind of seeing like what's their perspective on these things. So let's get going, Steve. Yeah, for Tim, Tim, for me, I think this is I don't want to add any pressure, but I'm pretty sure this is the most important topic we've covered since we started the show. For me, when I was in business, this was, uh, you know, the holy grail, something that just could not get a hold of. So I am so excited to introduce Ryan Bieber, who's the estimator with Forward Design Build in Ann Arbor, Michigan. He first joined the team in 2015 as a carpenter. And in January of this year, he moved into the office to take over the estimating responsibilities. Ryan feels his efforts helped the team accomplish its goals, which include year-over-year growth for several years, consistently outpacing industry average in customer satisfaction and receiving peer recognition such as the 2018 Pro Remodeler Gold Design Award, the 2018 Nary Cody Regional Award for Residential Interior, and the 2019 Fred Case Remodeling Entrepreneur of the Year Runner-Up. Welcome to the show, Ryan. It's great to be here, Tim and Steve. All right. So we got a little introduction to you through that uh, resume there, but tell us a little bit more about Forward Design Build and what is your role, and I guess a little bit about how you made that transition from carpenter to estimator because it, it's not an easy transition for many people. Uh, it certainly isn't an easy transition, but luckily I was had a lot of help in here from our previous estimator. Um, like uh, Steve said, I started here at Forward in 2015. Um, I actually initially interviewed for the estimator role. Okay. And after a couple rounds of that, the owner decided that he was going to take on the estimating himself instead of hiring it out. And so I just, I really liked the team. I really liked the atmosphere that he had going. So I stuck around, joined the field staff, was in production for several years with them and really learned a lot about how we do business and you know, our standards and how our team works and whatnot. And that experience in the field has really helped me transition into estimating for this company in particular. Well, that's really cool. So give us a little rundown on how the estimating is done uh, at Forward. Is it sticks and bricks? Is it square footage? Is it you sitting there going like, well, if I was still a carpenter, this is how long I think it would take. How how does this actually work? What buttons do you push and, and maybe what software do you use, but just give us an idea of how you actually get to the estimate. Well, we break it all down by trade and we subcontract out a lot of our work. Okay. Uh, but everything that we do in-house, it, it kind of varies for like trim. It's all done by a unit, like a window takes this long, a door takes this long, etc. Uh, for framing, it's usually linear foot, square foot, you know, that kind of generic area size breakdown. But for more advanced stuff, I go up to the guys in the back and I'm asking them like, hey, how long do you think it's going to take you to build this wall of cabinetry and whatnot, this built-in stuff? You know, these guys have been doing it for years. They're going to know it a lot better than I will because that's their forte. And we actually have a couple guys that have personal side businesses and whatnot that we sometimes (laughs) subcontract out that stuff to. 
So oh, wow. we'll just have, if that's their passion, I'll have that them, you know, quote it, make a little money off of it. And then I get an accurate number for it. So I guess one of my immediate reactions to that is if, if I go to one of my carpenters and I say, how long do you think these cabinets will take to install? How do I know they're not just telling me like 10 extra hours when just to make sure that there'll be enough. And I mean, and not that they're trying to scam the system or anything like that, but our tendency is to not know for sure. Therefore we just add some on. How do you know that they're not just bumping the number up so that uh, they'll have plenty of time versus an estimate that can really be sold to the client? Well, we also track our history and we have detailed information going back several years that we can fall back on and kind of compare like, all right, this bank of cabinets took this long. So this bank is pretty similar, even though that project was two years ago, we have the same guys from two years. I mean, we can compare took you this long two years ago should take you the same amount of time right now. And you can kind of double check them that way. Okay, so you have some history. Do you actually have like a linear foot? I mean, we can use cabinets as a good example. Do you use like a linear foot expression like this is our history that it should take about, you know, two hours per linear foot or an hour per linear foot or something like that? Usually, yeah. I mean, obviously it depends on all the intricacies of it. Is it just a cabinet you're installing? You know, what are all the steps to it and whatnot? And you kind of got to work through it, think through it. Okay, so just for a point of reference, um, where do you guys actually stand in terms of estimated versus actual for your jobs? Are you within 1% over the course of a year or half a percent or something like that? Where, where does that number actually land? Uh, the past three to four years, we've been within 2%. Okay. Actually, right now this year, we're just about 1% under budget year to date. Okay, so you're actually coming in under budget on on your jobs as opposed to uh, yeah. over budget. Well, that's it's that's pretty. We're really proud of right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's so. That means that means a couple of different things. That means your field staff is, and your maybe your trades are being very efficient. They're using their time well, and you've got a good estimating process uh, put in place. So. One of the reasons for having this whole conversation is just to talk about, like, what do you do? And I'm sure on the average, this is all working out, but I'm sure there's some jobs where it doesn't look that great and other jobs where you're doing much better. So it all averages out. And really, that's what matters overall for a business. But what do you do when there is a difference between, particularly for your in-house carpentry labor, what they do and what you've put into the estimate. How does the company handle that kind of a discrepancy? Well, we accept the reality of it and that's that there is that discrepancy and we try and figure out what caused it. And more often than not, it's a breakdown in communication between sales, the client expectations, the design, and the estimate. And that comes back and, you know, we've got to keep beating it into ourselves that as long as we keep communicating efficiently and accurately, we can try and avoid those times where 
estimating really loses track of what the client wants and what is in scope and what build needs to do what the client wants. So and- how do you how do you actually determine what the problem was though? I mean, it's a communication thing, but yeah. that's that's a pretty broad you know, topic, was it communication between the estimator and sales? Was it communication from sales or estimating to production? How, how do you actually find, I guess I'm just trying to dig in and find out like, and I don't want to use the word blame, right? But responsibility is an important tool within a business to actually change something. So how do you actually get to the point where you say, all right, this was my responsibility as the estimator. Therefore, I can now do something about it. Or the field staff actually saying, oh, you know, it could have been done for that, but it was our responsibility in the field or maybe from sales. How do you actually get to that? Well, we go back and check on our notes. Whenever we have a client meeting, whether it's in design, in build, in sales, we take notes of that and that's put up online where everyone can check it. And there's, you know, a history, a date, which the note was published and entered and whatnot. And you can look back at the history of how the scope evolved and see if the scope and the estimate evolving missed that change that happened and was documented, or you can see if it was included in the estimate, but then the client, it was never captured in the notes. I mean, we keep a really good history of all of our interactions. And so we can typically always find where that communication broke down. So how do you, how do you actually do that? This is pretty intriguing to me. Like, how do you actually do that? Does does your, your, does your field staff make notes every day about what they're doing and what they've accomplished any conversations they have with the client? And do you keep detailed notes as you're going through an estimate or, because it just strikes me that most estimators, the only notes that they produce are actually that estimate right? And there's nothing else, you know, that's the only document that they have. So I'm just kind of curious, how does this documentation actually take place? Uh, We have spreadsheets basically set up with each line. That's a note for the designer that they put in when they're working through the design. When I'm writing up my scope, I put notes on my estimate and in my scope that only I can see that say like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking here, or this is where I'm leaving a little bit of you know, buffer room there, whatnot, contingency. And our project managers also keep notes online in a spreadsheet. And each line is a separate note. They have weekly client meetings or biweekly onsite client meetings. They take notes, put it up in there. And we get reports either automated once a day or once a week with any updates to all of these spreadsheets and the notes in them. Wow. And then what, I mean, do you then get to go like, hey, warning, red flag, red flag, or something like that because you take some time to read these notes? Absolutely. There's a process set up within these sheets, a little automated column that has a little red flag, word for word, and <laughs> we get a report, red flag report. You know, this has been assigned to us, and there's going to have to be a change written up. And so we'll, anytime there's a red flag assigned, you automatically get that update the next day. And so I can write up the change order the day after the client meeting, whenever there's a change in scope or an unforeseen that we discover on site. How are you cataloging all of these notes? You said spreadsheets. Is this in a builder trend or a co-construct or how are you guys cataloging all of that? We actually use a software called Smartsheet. Oh, okay. And we have, I mean, 
hundreds of smart sheets, probably, you know, <laughs> 20 plus for each project that we do. And they're all right. archived as soon as the project closes. And, you know, we access them every single day. We have an app on our phone and on our tablets in the field that we can pull up any one of these sheets. And there, you mentioned they're organized, so you're not scrolling through a thousand notes. You're able nope, to... they're all coded and organized cool. Very uh, cool. by last name, by project phase. It's a really good system. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of people are using those kinds of things to to track stuff, and uh, it it certainly expands your ability to do whatever you want to do. If you use a program that you buy, quote, off the shelf, you're pretty much restricted to the way they want you to function with it. And I know your boss, Jeff, is uh, pretty progressive in terms of using some of these other functions. So just so looking at a little bit more at the field staff and efficiencies, um, is there any way that you guys have for kind of tracking whether something's being efficient in the field? Let's assume the the um, estimate you believe to be pretty accurate. Is there a way that your project managers or your carpenters in the field are tracking their efficiency or you as managers in the office are tracking their efficiency? Well, we have weekly status updates on all of our projects where we sit down and review the labor estimate to actual for each job. And we see where they're at, see how many hours they have in each phase, how, you know, percentage wise, how much they've done, kind of compare that to how much, where we should be with them. And if there's any issues, we can, correct that either by putting more staff on it to kind of speed it up, get it to where back on pace where it needs to be, or we can say, Hey, this is going good. And then that's sent out on a Monday. And we, the most up-to-date data we have is from end of day Wednesday. So we're really only two days behind Okay, with our reporting out. So the structure of the company, you mentioned you have project managers. How many carpenters do you actually have on staff that are working out in the field? Six. Six. And so are your project managers mostly responsible for making sure that your team out in the field is working efficiently? For the most part, yes. I mean, some of them work much more hands-on, for especially okay. for the smaller jobs. Okay. But for the large jobs, they are just entirely responsible for managing staff. And so do you know if they are actually meeting the staff on site and kind of giving them goals? Like if you put into a job that you've got a hundred hours to get this job done, dollars, hours, doesn't matter, but hours are easier for us to talk about. Are your project managers actually out there on the job working with the crew saying, okay, guys, we've only got a hundred hours. Let's make this happen this way. For the most part, yes. I mean, it varies based on your project manager. Okay. Uh, I When I was a carpenter in the field, worked with a couple of them, and one of them would always challenge us, like, how much do you think you can get done today or this week okay. or whatever, you know? And he would have an idea of how much we should get done, and it was always a game. Like, can we beat his goal that he's not telling us? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so it was actually like a challenge for you, at least, because I think that's one of the big deals. I think people left to themselves. It's not that they go to slow down or not that they don't try. It's just very few of us are self-motivated to perform. 
And so if there's a challenge out there, it just strikes me that that helps a little bit in terms of trying to make sure that you hit some goals and you hit some targets. Oh, absolutely. That definitely helps it. And a big part of the challenge and the motivation for our team comes from us being able to see every week where our jobs are and, you know, how each job is doing, you know, where are we ahead of budget, ahead of schedule or behind whatnot. And I think that really helps too, that everyone gets to see that across the company. The carpenters see like, oh, this job's not doing well. We need to really push it. So how do the carpenters see that? What, what mechanism? Is there a meeting that everybody's in and you go through each job? There is. Uh, every Thursday, we have a company-wide meeting where we review all of our key performance indexes and highlight any jobs that are really struggling. All right. So what is a key performance ind- index? Talk about those because that's a, <laughs> that's a key thing. What are the things you're looking at? that really gives you this information on a weekly basis? Well, we really look at our slippage or grippage, like how far each job is at, you know, behind or ahead of budget. We look at trying to move projects along and fast track them a little bit so we can, you know, hit our billing cycles regularly. And if we increase that or get that ahead of schedule, that's even better for us. And, we look at also kind of efficiencies within production. One of the key ones being like how often we have to leave a job site. So obviously it's more important if you stay on a job site all day long. And so we've started tracking how often people have to leave to go to the store, to go to a different job or whatnot. And by doing that, we've been able to decrease that inefficiency by 20% in the past six months. Wow. Boom. What's it? What is it? Drop, drop the mic right here. So this is a, I mean, people talk about the lumberyard run all the time and the stuff like that, but putting it in as a key performance indicator for your meetings every week just seems like a, it seems like a no brainer, but it seems like such a great uh, thing to have on tap there. Any others, any others, Ryan? So you've got basically slippage and grippage. You've got, the schedule or your turnaround time on projects. You've got the leaving the job site. Any other key production indicators that you can look at or performance indicators that you use? I guess maybe less for production performance, but more for just production awareness. We try and track how the client is doing emotionally. Okay. So if they're in a tough spot, we know like, hey, we need to send more people here this week to try and move their project along, take care of them, be a little extra kind and whatnot. Um, And that's another thing that's really helped us is like just making everyone aware of how each job is going and how the clients are dealing. Now, do you actually have like a grade or something like that? Like my clients at a hundred percent or my clients at, do you use something that's not like, yeah, things are going okay. That seems a little vague to me. Do you have some kind of a, grading system that helps you focus on that it's i guess more qualitative less quantitative (laughs) that that's fine yeah it's more of just how do we think the client is based on our daily interactions with them on site our weekly client meetings and whatnot and we input that into a 10 point scale and if the client's above an eight 
it's great. If it's below okay. six, that's not great. Yeah. <laughs> and then but we so, average that out. So you use like one through 10, 10 yeah. being the best and one being, you know, they're not even talking to us or, or we're fired or something like that. But yeah. that's what I mean. <laughs> that's what I mean by having some kind of a scale. It's not just, it's just not, you know, like, Hey, how are the Smiths doing? Oh, they're doing great. Put a number on it, you know, and then, yeah. then, like you said, you can go with it. If it's, if somebody says it's a five, then everybody gets a concern. Mm-hmm. If it's an eight above, maybe we're not as concerned uh, yeah. with that. But it's also interesting too, to see kind of weekly how different people grade the same client in the same week. Cause a salesperson can have a great interaction, but a carpenter on site can be around when they're just waking up to the sound of a table saw. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the salespeople and the project manager or carpenter will be grading the clients every week. Oh yeah. Oh, that's really cool. So as we start wrapping this up, Ryan, one of the things that has come up is uh, the changes in material pricing and not, not to get real political about it, but there have been some incredibly big price increases uh, for various things that have tariffs on them now that didn't used to, and that sort of thing. And businesses are finding it really hard to keep their budgets with this kind of thing going on. Do you guys have any kind of mechanism there for tracking that kind of stuff like lumber prices? One of the big ones that I've heard about is white cedar shingles coming out of Canada have just escalated in price. I know iron and steel has escalated in price. Do you have any kind of way of just like making sure you don't get behind the eight ball on that? Well, we have a, luckily we have a really good relationship with uh, our salesperson at a local lumber yard and he's okay. been really good about kind of queuing us in on some of these things and where they're trending and whatnot. And I mean, I talk with him every single week about different jobs we have coming up and just what might or might not be affected. So. Very, very cool. Well, any last little bit of advice you'd give to people about this whole idea of trying to get, estimating and production like on the same line so that we can confidently say that at the end of the year, we're going to be within 1% of estimated versus actual. I think it's important to really focus on estimating and production are both trying to get to the same point where the company is doing good and making money and whatnot. So you know, try not to view it as like a push or a pull, try to work together and kind of get to the same place. That's fantastic. Well, this has been great. And, and like, I got all excited there with the drop the mic thing. And uh, I think there's some subtle, but very important points all through here. And I really appreciate you taking some time to be with us today. Oh, it's been a blast. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much, Ryan. Take care. Okay, Tim. Well, I knew it and it did not disappoint. Uh, I have two things that I think are important that I took note of. Um, He phrased it as, so as long as I've kind of listened to a lot of your teachings, it's always been, or, you know, and in the industry, it's been lumber yard runs and they (laughs) phrased it as how long are they on the job? And I, I like that a little more than, you know, measuring when they actually leave, but how long are you actually on the job? Because you could leave for various reasons, but the measurement on the actual job itself. And then I think it really speaks to the overall culture of the company is that they, he mentioned at the very end of the push, push 
a push pull, but being able to go back to the guys in the field and just ask them, you know, and getting honest feedback from, you know, historical data, but just real time. Hey, you know, that did give us a, a bear of a time last time. Uh, maybe add on this much or maybe we can do it faster. But I think that that openness and ability to communicate with the team is huge across the board. Yeah, I think that's a big thing to take away from this is the amount of communication that they have and communication that allows people to say what they're really thinking. And this has been a big bugaboo for me is you ask a production guy, like what went wrong here? And then they tell you, and then you beat them down for it. And that is so counterproductive rather than saying, okay, I got you. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, maybe there's something we could have done a little differently, but I hear what you're saying. And we're going to take that back and do something with that in the estimating phase of it. Uh, so many people have just given up on the communication because it's never taken seriously. So I think that's a big deal. And to kind of get back to the introduction, the key performance indicators or indexes is I think what's critical for everybody listening to this is you find the ones that are key to you. Budget and schedule are always on the list. But for these guys, that time on the job or time off the job or how many times were they moved was a key performance indicator for them. And so they started tracking it. So that's what I would say to people is there is nothing specific that you have to look at, but find the things that are going to make changes to your performance and track those things. And to add on one last thing, Tim, you mentioned, sure. you just mentioned the uh, getting the feedback, the honest feedback on what potentially went wrong and not having it a blame game, but their ability to track that information and to catalog it. Helps yes that go in and and you know so you don't just say okay good we learned and then move on and then it repeats itself so yeah you you always want to be creating change anytime you measure something it should change something it shouldn't just go into a folder somewhere and go wow that was fun well that was fantastic once again we would like to thank ryan beaver for joining us today and we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of the tim fowler show and remember, here at the Tim Fowler Show, we're working really hard to eliminate that awful, awful phrase, it is what it is. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.